Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Woo-wee, it must be winter. Look at that sweater. My goodness. I'm just, I'm telling you, this is, this is it, folks. It's going to get cold. It's going to stay cold. But at the moment, this is winter. For you, for you who have never experienced it in the South before or who forgot since last year, I know who you are. Trust me, January is warm, and then it's rainy, and then it's cold, and then it's rainy, and then it's warm. <laughs> I have been watching Magnolia Sulangiana's bloom ever since I came to Mississippi more than 20 years ago. I love these trees. I've watched them my whole life. But the ones that are in the neighborhood where I live now used to bloom around Valentine's Day. I even had an argument with another really terrific horticulturist about when they bloom. The discussion was, well, no, that's too soon. No, no, they didn't bloom then. Yeah, they did. I was there. I took the pictures. But guess what? That one's in bloom now, today. By the way, for those of you who have lost track, this is the 21st of January, 2023. And the tulip tree, which is another name for Magnolia Sulangiana, is in bloom. The buds are up and about to open out here at the radio station. It is also a later blooming variety than the other one that I was looking at yesterday, and even it is fully budded up. So what does this mean? I don't know. But we can talk about it. We can posit that there may have been enough chilling hours for that particular tree. I've noticed that people are people are sending me pictures and, and whatnot about plum trees already in bloom that they haven't even pruned yet because it's January. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we love our plants, because they can cope with stuff and we, they teach us how to have a little bit more patience and sometimes how to react better because we don't know exactly what to do. I have great joy to express this morning. My Clotilde Super Roses are, in fact, leafing out. Now, it's coming up on February. It'll be time to prune them, and they have many times been frozen after that or nipped a little bit, I should say. They really don't, don't get super frozen in, in, in any case. But there's going to be a lot of stuff like that. You're going to see some things coming up. The clumps of Stokes Asters that I really... I thought, well, there's good drainage there, so they'll probably survive. They did. They've, they've already leafed back up, greened out. Um, they're, they're looking good. What's on your mind? What's happening in your garden? The Super Talk call line is always open to you when I am here, 888 The C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. I really like I really appreciate the communication that y'all are willing to put into both talking and texting and sending photos and asking really smart, smart questions. I appreciate that very, very much. 
We will have a guest this morning, I'm happy to tell you, because there's a couple of events that I've been talking about, and one of them comes up next Tuesday. It is Tulip Tuesday with the Flower Growers of Mississippi. This, of course, is the group that I'm so happy to be part of and teaching cut flower growing to professionals as well as those who want to be professionals. We start at we're, in fact, next week I'm teaching basic horticulture, <laughs> so you can you can appreciate that that is for literally everybody. And then mark your calendar and send me an, a reservation. Thank you for those of you who have. It's going to be a lot of fun. Garden Event 22 at gmail.com for the Lakeland Lunch Bunch. Okay, talk more about that later on this morning. But just pay attention, get in touch, and we can do some more gardening, even when it's a little bit on the gray side. There's plenty to talk about and plenty to get going. Several riddles have been solved in our world in recent research, and that's kind of cool, so we'll get to that this morning. There are different ways of approaching, um, how would you say this? I guess it's a, a scan that's going to help us understand a lot more about why blood pressure raises itself, why high blood pressure becomes a problem. But we're also going to learn today why chocolate is such a wonderful thing, as if we didn't know already, but some particularly good research in that area. The main business of this program, though, is plants, yours, mine, and the ones that the neighbors have that we wish we did or that we wish we didn't. So you can take your pick on that. If you have been wondering how to measure your exercise, and obviously gardening is part of that, the good news is the prescription for prolonged sitting now from those folks with all the smarts at the Columbia University Irving Medical Center get up and walk around five minutes a day, five minutes an hour, I'm sorry, all during the day. Duh, shouldn't you do that anyway? Well, as a writer for a living, I can tell you that I, there have been times when I have gotten a little more absorbed than I needed to, actually needed to set a clock to stop me. Right, 45 minutes and stop because your hands, your back, your neck, not to mention your brain and your thoughts do not necessarily, everybody has a time frame. Mine's 45 minutes. used to be. It's probably shorter now. But mounting evidence tells us that prolonged sitting, and let's face it, we're sitting here right now, okay, can be hazardous even if you exercise regularly because you're doing nothing and then you're doing something. So better to make that nothing-something shift a little more often, according to this particular research. The, the exercise physiologist says just five minutes of walking every half hour during periods of prolonged sitting can offset some of the most harmful effects of the sitting, most of which are gravity-related, by the way. Um, if you have one of those desks where you stand up, I think you're supposed to walk. That you're, Even standing in one position for too long is not supposed to be that great for you. So anyway... They, um, <laughs> they basically hooked all these people up to every machine possible and put them on a treadmill, and off they went. And it, what they were able to find out was that when they were stationary and working on a laptop, reading, using their phones, and they even ate okay, during these sessions, but the difference came in five minutes of walking every 30 minutes, twice an hour. Okay, Pretty interesting. This was actually the only amount that significantly lowered both blood sugar and blood pressure. And interestingly enough, even more for a lot of folks in my world, it reduced sugar spiking in the next consumption of a whole meal. In other words, it keeps everything a little bit more even, a little bit more rhythmic and not 
you don't end up with the surprises that your body doesn't need. Pretty cool. Why not? We, If you have ever been with a group of children, for example, when everything was starting to get a little bit too antsy is a great word for this, what do you do? You get up and walk around for five minutes. Well, it turns out we shouldn't stop that. We should keep doing that. What you should not be doing right now, though, is getting those pruners out. I know, I know. Keep it to raking. There's plenty to rake. Because every time the wind blows, some more of those frozen leaves fall off. If I had, if I could have a, a, a fantasy, it would be drones with pruning shears at some point, but a month from now. Okay, I'd love to have everything cleaned up in, in, in time for March, but I need that done in late February. So that's when we're going to be looking at all these things and seeing what's got some going, what's some got some green, what has made some return, what hasn't made any return. And believe you me, there's a, a wide range out there. Good morning, Lance. Yeah, good morning. I, that was uh, you hit the nail on the head yesterday. I'm out thinking, you know, it's a, it's a pretty day. Uh, it's not freezing cold, little wind. You know, the sun was trying mm-hmm. to crack out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I've been looking at dead leaves. You know, been using the blower to blow them out of the garage, and I got out there. My yesterday. neighbor's deaf <laughs> from listening to his blower. Good grief! And so I was uh, sitting there blowing, and you know, getting the yard much prettier. You know, got some of the the old dead leaves up. As you, I waited a while, and then I kept looking at the gardenias and the azaleas <laughs> and the the foot of long that you, know, you could feel dead. me slapping your yeah, hand. I, don't I said, do that. I didn't even look don't at them. Do that. I wasn't even looking at. Them. I was like, don't even look. look don't even. Here. That's a sin. Don't right look now. over here. Yeah. Look over there. But yeah, I did get the leaves blown out exactly and that's that helps and frankly the wetter things can conditions get which i don't know about your house but my house looks like it's going to get really wet again quickly there there's a certain level of leafage that can begin to cause trouble if there's a, a an inch half an inch of leaves on the ground on the lawn on the the soil around your trees whatever it is that's fine but when it gets to be drifts of an inch and two inches and four inches and you know everybody's got different measures of of leaves because things drop different amounts but you can have a carpet of leaves so thick under those things just because they all dropped off that you end up not getting any water down to the soil itself it all goes into the leaves well it also gives all of our pest friends a place that they're just been waiting for us to do that give them a place to to rest and nest and and get all the water and then cause us trouble later so some raking and blowing is a very good idea, but don't prune right now. No pruning. No pruning. Well, it's a Mississippi, you know, snowstorm is basically all the leaves. I mean, you know, it, it, yeah. they just keep coming. It's it's almost like we were in Buffalo a couple we, weeks we ago. We had acorn, acorn showers at my house, and they're loud. <laughs> the cats I, uh, don't like it. Yeah, them. when they hit the roof, the big old gumball size, uh-huh. and it's a boom! Yep. Yeah, they'll hit wake the you cars, up. hit everything. They, they, they do, in fact, hit everything. 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. One of the things that I have been fascinated by, <laughs> somebody, I keep getting the questions, well, when do you prune? Well, you have to wait a little while. And just because you're all on the pruning bandwagon today, let me give you a few little bits and pieces of basic pruning 101, basic pruning info. You're almost never wrong, notice the almost, to prune a flowering tree or shrub after the flowers finished blooming. 
do it within the first month after those flowers finish so that if the buds are going to begin to reset, they will have the time and you won't cut them off by pruning later. The classic example of this is azaleas. Azaleas bloom in the mid to late spring, and around July people call and say, you know, my azaleas are taller than my front windows. I really need to prune them. Well, you missed your shot. You need to prune those within a month after the flowering happens. Why? Because the buds immediately begin to reform for next year. And if you cut it off later, you don't have any flowers. And then you call me next March and say, why isn't my azalea blooming? But the same is true of a lot of flowering shrubs. And I think we're going to have a particular issue with our camellias. Some of the sasanquas even got bit fairly... My, my sasanquas have brown edges on their leaves, but they're not going to die. They're just going to be kind of ugly for a little while till they recover. But some of the bigger camellias, the certainly the buds are you know, um, browned out, and we've got, luckily, we've got a time for these things to recover. I'll be telling you about um, a couple of events that are going to be pushed into a slightly later time frame in the camellia world. But when, what you want to be looking at are the fallen leaves, not the ones that are still attached. Okay? Okay. It's also true that if you are planting, it's really good to prune young trees, for example, to establish their shape. You don't want to plant a single whip of very many plants, um, obviously if it's a, 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 a columnar cypress that you're trying to grow a single stem of, that's different. But, in, and, and I think of uh, pencil boxwoods and whatnot, pencil hollies, that also have a really upright phase. But most of the trees that we plant are intended to be pruned, so you need to investigate that with whatever tree it is you're getting and shape it so that you have a strong canopy. That makes all the difference in the world. Almost always, and this will include next month when we begin pruning evergreens that were damaged, for example, you can almost always prune up to a third of the shrub's overall size in one year without damaging it. There are going to be some that you're going to want to prune more of, I know, but let's wait and see what happens to them. You may actually just be taking off three or four inches off the top because that will be the part that doesn't leaf out or doesn't swell buds or doesn't appear to be going to grow, and we'll be able to tell that in later February. Just as a general rule, one of the reasons that we prune, for example, fruit trees, including fig trees, in January is because we want to suppress some of their growth. We want to direct it. But if we really want to stimulate that growth, for example, a gardenia that's only ever had two flowers on it because it never grew very much, we would take those, prune that after the flowering, but we would prune it to stimulate growth. And that's because of the growing conditions in the summer are different. It has a different effect on the plant. One other thing that you probably need to know and I hope you never have to find out for yourself, is that it is a lot harder to hurt yourself with a sharp tool than a dull one. And if you don't know how to sharpen your hand shears, your saws, your pruners of any sort, either figure it out or find somebody who can, because that's where the injuries happen. I'm not just talking about the cutting part. For example, when you use a lopper and it's not strong enough, even if it's the right size branch for that particular tool, you can easily 
rip away the plant because you cut it through it and it, it bends it and tears it. Well, at the same time you're doing that, you can also hurt yourself. So give yourself the opportunity to sharpen those tools. I really like this other piece that I, I, I wrote this so long ago that I'm sometimes amazed at, at how I managed to talk about these things all in one piece. I did a program in the May, let me see if it was, I think it was in the 2000s. It wouldn't have been in the 2010s. But I did a program in the 2000s called Sheer Fear. And it was very popular because a lot of us want to prune, but we don't know when to prune. And we also don't always have the, we don't always have the, in, the, the understanding that we need to prune at that particular time. So that's part of why this is all so important to me. It's just been such a big deal in my life, and it makes me have so much joy to prune that I know how y'all feel. Perennials are a different subject. I've told you that if the leaves come off, you can take them. Don't, don't do a bunch of cutting. But the woody perennials, like lantana, that are going to have to be cut down anyway, just got cut down at my place. Let's see. Yes, yes, um, yes, please, Bill and Brandon. I would wait until February to prune that sweet olive, even if it isn't frozen. Because what we're trying to do with the sweet olive at that point, if you have branches that have to be removed completely, it's that old and that big, that's one thing. But what we're trying to do is get it to grow nice edges so that there'll be more flowers. And that kind of pruning and thinning does take place right before the growing season starts. I like that. Yeah, here comes the uh, weather forecast for you. But any rate, one of the things about rain, of course, is that it gives us all time to talk to one another. So you should stick around because we got somebody interesting to talk to here on Weekend Gardening. Please never use gas appliances for purposes which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes and never store flammable materials inside propane cylinders. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in protecting your home or business. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards. Plus, we offer free gas checks for our customers. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. 
For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Brace yourself. A hotter-than-usual flu season is headed our way. Protect yourself and your family from the flu at TrustCare, where flu shots are free with most insurance plans. We're open seven days a week and evenings with convenient locations near you. So trust the flu experts. Get your shot in 15 minutes or less. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule a flu shot for you or your family member today. That's TrustCareHealth.com. TrustCare. Feel better, faster. In life and in business, one thing is certain. Change. That's why Pillium Corporation is ready to keep you ahead of the curve on ever-evolving technology, critical for your company's security and growth. To that end, the Pillium team offers IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems, and real-time crime center technology. Visit us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Having any electrical problems? LaValle Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValle Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValle Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at LaValleServices.com. That's LaValleServices.com. Weekend gardening. Ah, yes, indeed. It's really hard to let go of Darius Rucker. There's just a something there about uh, that wagon wheel business that we all so greatly appreciate. I've got a story for you, and I've got a guest for you. This is a great, great day. This is so much fun. This is when the classes have just begun for the flower growers of Mississippi. I, I can't believe it. This is our fourth season. Donna, I can't believe it. Donna Yale. 
<laughs> Welcome in. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Donna. Good morning, Nellie. How Good are you? Good morning. I am great. I'm thrilled that you could join me this morning because we have so many fun things to talk about today. You know, cut flower growing is something that you have been into your entire life as a, a florist, a horticulturist, as a promoter of beautification, as a promoter of communities and arboretums and everything that we do in our environments to appreciate nature and to bring it closer to us. But i got to tell you, I'm just glad you put me in on this one, because this has been so much fun. Talk to us a little bit about how Flower Growers of Mississippi is teaching and what all the work is involved, because this has grown so much, I believe, that people need to hear about it from you. Well, thank you, Nellie, and we're so glad to have you on board with the program. We do have over 10,000 people involved in the program now in various ways. Some people are growing flowers in the backyard, which is a new thing for the Federal Farm Service on urban and community farms. So a farm can be in your backyard if if you want that situation, yes. uh, as well as large farms and smaller farmers. And we're attracting a lot of women farmers, which pretty much excites me because mm-hmm. it's a great way to raise your family, growing flowers. Uh, but, you know, the market for cup flowers is, already exists. Um, 86% of the cup flowers that are sold in America are imported. So wow. we need to get our product into those markets. And these classes are all about teaching you how to do that. And, Nelly, our next class next Tuesday is one that you're going to be doing a lot of instruction on in the horticulture basics. We try to teach everything that you would need to know to be a successful cup flower farmer. And knowing how plants grow and what they need to grow in a healthy, financially efficient way is, is critical. It sure so that'll is. That'll be our class next week. It certainly is. And the other part, of course, because of your devotion to it, as well as, frankly, the, the trend and the move, we're working really hard to keep all of this in a sustainable direction because we want to benefit the pollinators that are also attracted to the flowers. It's so important. You have done a beautiful, the, the pollinator maze last year, the seed collection and the seed groups that you've been putting together for people are making a big difference in that effort as well. Well, and thank you, Nellie. We have 18 classes coming up. Some of those classes are going to be at the model farms. One is in Bolton, and the other one is an urban farm here in Madison. So, And the best way to get involved in those, there's two ways that you can do that. You can go onto Facebook and look at the Zoom link, and they're all free classes. Just register through the Zoom. Or you can send me your email, and I'll put you on our newsletter, which is um, one of the better ways to get it. We, our Facebook page keeps getting hacked for some reason. but um, <laughs> Too popular. So, <laughs> So uh, having having an uh, email that I can send you an updated newsletter would probably be the easiest way to do that. But and that, really is your, have- that is the way that you can get so in touch with all the information about not only the flower growers, but also the Mississippi Urban Forest Council and, of course, the Natural Resource Conservation Service. Yes, yes. And there's another educational opportunity I'd like to mention to people. It's a statewide opportunity yes. that you will learn. It's on Urban Forestry, February the 13th at the Ag Museum. It's a free educational event. You'll learn about any of the liabilities associated with trees on your property or on your farm or in your town. Uh, you'll also hear about water, how to do land planning based on the watershed, watershed planning. 
bottomland hardwoods, which is going to, you're going to hear more about that mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Pollinators, Smart Landscapes by Bob Rizek, one of our favorites. Yes. Of course, we'll, we'll talk about urban forestry. But the uh, Zoom classes, the cutflower classes are mostly on Zoom except for the in-person workshops out at the two farms. That's right. That's right. And that's really been a great, I don't, I don't think either you or I thought it was going to work as well as it has because the, the, the pandemic put us in this position. At first we were going around, but now, now we're in one place and everything comes to us. Plus, I think for a farmer to be able to take a couple of hours and participate in a Zoom is a lot easier than taking an entire day to drive to some meeting, you know. <laughs> Right. Not it that we aren't fun to meet the, with. We are, but, yeah. you know. It has cut down on the cost of participating in our program, so we're, we're excited about that. This year, we're going to go back to our Cut Flower Farmers certification. Good. So anyone that can track, and, and we're asking you to do your own tracking, 25 hours of educational training, we will give you a certification as a Cut Flower Farmer grower. I really am excited about this. I think next Tuesday is going to be um, a lot of fun. There's always something else to learn when it comes to horticulture. I, I was impressed myself this week with go. I went back through a lot of the things that we've talked about before and came up with a slightly different version of what it is that makes a good cut flower in that you have to really expand what you think about because you're not just talking about what can grow in a row. You're also talking about perennials. You're talking about things that you grow maybe, like at my place right now, one of the greenest parts of the entire place are all of the daffodils in flats that I grew last year to cut that have all come back up again and are very happy. They're happier than the ones in the ground. Well, that's great, and you're right, Nellie. The diversity of plant material is so critical. One of the farms that we have, the entire landscape is something that you can cut. So everything that's planted mm-hmm. in that landscape can be product that you can take market or you can sell to your local forest and, and cut. Makes a lot so, of sense. Yeah, diversity in plant material is, is very important for any flower farm. And, Nellie, I'm not sure if you are, uh, realize this, but Mississippi is the only state that offers this training at no cost to anyone, and we encourage everybody to participate. And it's especially designed for limited resource farmers, farmers with not a lot of land and equipment and that sort of thing. And it wouldn't not be possible without the Natural Resource Conservation Service. They had the um, opportunity to jump in with us and, and support our program, and they have just been amazed by the impact of it and it just wouldn't be possible without them so we really appreciate their support and the state conservation is here in mississippi is very progressive when it comes to specialty crops and different types of farming they realize i believe as we do donna that there is a lot to be done in horticulture and agriculture in our state that we just haven't even tapped yet and for that reason because we do still have space and we do still have weather that cooperates most of the time we can do more than a lot of other places <laughs> and we can grow so much here yes the diversity of, of things that we can grow here is phenomenal I've heard you say that um, at least 80% of the things that we would buy in from someplace else we can produce here. And I really do think that 
the ones that we can't, there's something else that's an alternative. Um, I'm thinking, of course, of, of Ami, which is almost a white filler flower, mm-hmm. but it's easier to grow than the other ones, you know, and those are the kind mm-hmm. of things that you wouldn't necessarily know if you just decided to start reading some books from someplace else or even, you know, going online and taking classes. There's some wonderful organizations and, and businesses that do this kind of work, but they're not here. And mm-hmm. the Deep South is very different. <laughs> it, it is. And, and, of course, you know, in our classes, we talk a lot about different plant material to familiarize people with, you know, the ver- diversity of plants mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. can grow. Your your experience with all this has been so important because you've been growing. I mean, I grow a little tiny bit. You grow a whole lot. And with that, you're able to then turn right around and say, well, this worked, but this didn't. I should have I would I would advise you over here to do this or that. I do think that if someone's just getting started, if they're looking in the backyard and saying to themselves, I think I want to grow some cut flowers back here. I really believe that sun and access to water are the two main things. We're, yes. We don't necessarily, mm-hmm. you may just want to make a barrel and catch rain. You know, you may not have to put up a fancy system, but you are going to want access to water at some point. That's true. And most flowers benefit from a lot of sun. Well, one of the things about the uh, classes, several people have said, can we listen to those live somewhere else? We do record those live on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we're in the process of putting them on our website as well. Good. And the other question, the question I get a lot, Nellie, is, wow, this is complicated. Our classes make it easy for you. We try to work with beginner farmers. We talk about the very basic plants that you can grow for cutting, and we build from there. Yes. So it's it's for everyone from the beginner even if you've never grown flowers, to to a full-fledged flor- farmer. Horticulture really is about um, things you do. It, you, you don't have to have a, a you don't have to have a big philosophic point of view. You don't have to have a whole lot of money. You don't you don't even really need anything except a desire to do it. Because growing growing things is that perfect of an whether it's going to be your avocation or your vocation. You start simple and it builds from there. That's why we start with basic horticulture. Yeah, and and um, you know it's so it's so valuable to understand those basic things and the tools and the soil prep as as you mentioned earlier is just critical, especially if you're dealing with uh, perennials and bulbs. So. I get a lot of questions about whether or not I need to get a soil test before I put in. A flower garden and my answer is really the same as it is for a tomato garden or any other thing like that if your if your site will grow weeds you're probably fine for the first year or two and after that you're going to want to do a soil test because depending on what you have amended the soil with you may have created a situation that's different than where you started and you really don't necessarily need all the fertilizer that you read about in the books when oh, yeah. you when you get your soil going, it's going to take care of itself in many ways. And doing a soil test will let you know. Well, no, I really don't need any more, particularly like phosphorus. You know, I don't need. I do, I do need this, but I don't need that. And those are the things that, in turn, can save you money and make cut flower growing profitable. That's true. And our farm school out in Bolton is organic, so we're not buying a lot of. It's actually saving us money. Sure, it we're is. We're not buying a lot of fertilizer and chemicals and those things. So we're farming in a different way, and and our classes will demonstrate Mm -hmm. all of those options, because there's a lot of different ways that you can plant flowers. 
There are very few people that will disagree with that. There are a few, and we're happy to argue with them. <laughs> we enjoy that part, too. A but good discussion. Been, you know. It's been wonderful having you on board, helping teach the classes and renew our friendship. I think we started, we got together on this, I don't know how many years ago. But. It's been a few. It's been a few. I, I do remember... And I, I never want to forget to say um, Rebecca Bates's name when you and I are talking, because she's the reason we met each other so long ago when we both had very young children. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was kind enough to be the master gardener person, the, the, the person running that, that let us come together. And really, since that time, gardening, master gardeners, all of those programs have just taken off in Mississippi. That was the first. And granted, Master Gardeners have been around for a long time, but they had not been here in, in our state. So having well, the opportunity to get into that and see it grow, grow has been lots of fun. It has been fun. And it's funny that you would say that because the two children that I dragged around to all these garden sites all over the state over the years are now farmers. Isn't that something? I'm, I'm, I have to say there was a, a period of rebellion, but, but my kids both garden, and it makes me very happy to think that I might have had something to do with that. <laughs> At least I didn't well, run them out of the garden. <laughs> that's great, because we never know when we're going to be at the point that we need to be growing not just flowers, but food as well. Exactly. Well, and this this year has been a good proof of that. Um, next, we're going to have to take up chickens, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know there's, when, there's lots of people that have chickens. I, I, I can't, don't, don't bring me chicks. I can't, I don't have enough fence, and there's too many dogs in my neighborhood, so I'm, I appreciate y'all. Eggs, on the other <laughs> hand, are always welcome. <laughs> I'm that funny. <laughs> I'm so tickled but, to have a chance to spend this time with you today. Thank you for letting me bug you on your Saturday morning. I know you got enough else to do. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me, Nellie. Certainly. We well, we'll do this again in a few months just to keep people informed about what's up, and I know that you'll be doing some in-person work at that point, maybe even some design classes. We'll just have to see what we can talk you into. <laughs> and I'm available through email or text. Or our website is Flower Growers of Mississippi 2, the mm-hmm. number 2, because I had to set up a new page. You can find her. Thank you much. I'm going to let you Thank go because I, I figure you want coffee, and I'm, I'm thinking about that myself. I'll talk <laughs> to you, you Tuesday. You Thanks, weekend. Donna. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Donna Yowell, y'all. D. Yowell at AOL.com, Flower Growers of Mississippi 2 on Facebook. All right? Come be with us. It's a good time. You know, Everybody could use another, as they say, income stream, and cut flowers is a beautiful one. This is Weekend Gardening. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of a strong and efficient transportation system? Got to have the ability to get their product to market. Highways, um, movement of goods, these are things that we rely on every day. We have infrastructure challenges in our roads and bridges, and I want to thank you for what you do. And remember, you can listen and watch episodes of the show by visiting goem.com slash the extra mile. Every week. Call 1-800. 
Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife, Jenny, about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Ours is a two-story doghouse, and on the bright side, it's a great alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Well, my daddy always said, put your best foot forward. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811-BEFORE-YOU-DIG. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. In the heart of Mississippi, there's a place built on tradition and memories. Come make yours at the hideaway at Reed's Estate. A nature retreat nestled amongst the pines is the hideaway, located near Brookhaven, boasts 400 beautiful acres to explore, curated venues, and lodging to host you and your guests. The hideaway is perfect for corporate events, family gatherings, weddings, and romantic getaways. Book your event with us today at the hideaway at reedshideaway.com. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. It's been said that time waits for no one, but that's not completely true. Hi, I'm Cameron Aubrey. Since 1920, our family has been privileged to serve as Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant. For decades, generations have trusted all Britons for engagement rings, anniversaries, and those special events in life. Time has certainly changed our world. The internet, smartphones, and social media have revolutionized how we research, communicate, and even shop. At All Britons, we've grown with you. At AllBritons.com, you can search, shop, and find the latest in fine jewelry. But for those who prefer the personal experience, you can now shop the all-new All Britons, 4460 Old Canton Road in Northeast Jackson. With new displays and the latest designer jewelry, we're located across from our old home in Highland Village. Still the same All Britain service you'd expect, but now bigger and better. You've waited for us, now we're ready for you. Come see what's new. All Britain's 4460 Old Canton Road in Jackson. At All Britain's, All Britain's Jewelers. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Look around your world, pretty baby. Is it everything you hoped it'd be? The wrong guy. Need 
Is there something wrong and you can't put your finger on it? Right then, roll to me. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Yes, it's a, it's good. It's a good tune. They're all good tunes. We just can't listen to all of it, but that's okay. We listen to part of it. And for those of you who say that's not an old tune, sure does have that kind of vibe, doesn't it? <laughs> I believe when that when that one came around, it was uh, well. There are just a few songs in my repertoire that are not a hundred years old. Very few, but a few, and that's one of them. So I think that's an 80s, too. Was close to 90s, 80s. Maybe you know, 80s, 90s. Late 80s, early there. 90s. Yeah. And, I mean, Delamitri that, is the name of the band. Delamitri. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as you were talking about Darius Rucker, too, I love the transition from, you know, pop and rock into country. Mm-hmm. Such a talented artist. I mean, his voice is amazing. And it's just you just love tuning in. Well, and uh, the fun thing for me is to watch him now influencing so many younger artists because he's just so gracious and kind, you know. And he's always smiley faced, as my mom would say. You know, <laughs> he's smiley faced. You know, it makes you it makes you warm and fuzzy. Uh, you when you see people in a good yes, mood you, doing you what they love. Exactly. You you don't mind asking them a question, and of course that is part of the joy of radio, is to be able to hear that in my voice. The there's a big discussion this week in some some media thing of how do you know if someone is smiling when you listen to the radio? And the answer is you can hear it in their voice. And if you can't, you're hearing a different emotion. Because there are plenty of, we can all talk in many, many different ways. If you wake me up in the middle of the night, I'm probably not going to sound quite this chipper but I, I don't think I would, I, I, I might snarl, you know, you just never can tell if you wake me up in the middle of the night. But if you're kind enough to give me headphones and a microphone, there's a smile in my voice every minute because I'm so glad to be here. And we all hope that that's the case with anybody that we would be listening to. Speaking of that, I can't get past the flowers discussion. Um, Donna always gets me started on what more things that I think about and, and what else is going on. And in this particular week, the University of Würzburg has given me another thing to think about that you'll probably want to think about, too. When we look at flowers and we look at the pollinators, we really do have to understand there's work going on there. This is, this is not, they don't come to the flowers to pollinate them to benefit us. The flowers are not brightly colored and with crazy tubes and entrances and all of these other nectar businesses for us. It's about their world, and we're lucky enough to be part of it. But it doesn't make any difference what flower it is. Many, 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 most of them have some kind of pattern, whether it's the the petal with the veination in it or it's actual different colors, or sometimes it's the age of the flower and it changes, you know, the way it looks. But in this case, what you're talking about in these kinds of differences in biology is known as nectar guides. It's, the, the, it's not that honeybees see things in the same kind of color spectrum that we do, but they have their own. And therefore, they can recognize what it is they're looking for. They're there, we think, so that the pollinators know where it is, how to get to the nectar. Well, it, it, they wanted to figure out what's so easy. You know, what, what's so, what, what makes this work? And they have done a wonderful mathematical study of how flower patterns develop and evolve in response to the bumblebees in this particular study. Flower patterns don't actually shorten the nectar search. 
but in when they land when they land on one that has patterns the bumblebees don't find it any faster than on a flower without a pattern but it did shorten the approach time got their attention quicker so <laughs> i think that's interesting I'm, i often I often feel like I'm making this stuff up, except that I'm not, because these are the kind of fantasy stories that you might imagine, that you're a bumblebee flying along, and all of a sudden this pattern appears on the horizon, and there's one that next to it that's okay, but you're going to shoot directly for the one that's patterned first. It won't be that you get to the nectar quicker in that flower than you would in the one next to it that's not so patterned, but you got there faster, and you went there first. Well, what does that tell us in terms of cut flowers? That tell us to grow that tells us to not just grow one thing. It tells us to diversify, and that's exactly what Donna was talking about. I do love the idea that um, just like I want the drones to come help me prune, in this particular case, it's all about drones video tracking the bumblebees. <laughs> I want to see that video myself. I think that could could be a lot of fun. Corinne is in Jackson on the text line today. Um, the Forsythias survived in Jackson. <laughs> Yay! You're the second person I've seen with the Forsythias in bloom. And indeed, yeah, the, I'll, I'll grant you that the, uh, the, the Confederate jasmine and the fig vine are not so happy. But fig vine is tough. It's going to be hard to actually kill that. It's going to wipe it out and look nasty for a while, but it'll green up if you don't take it down and come back. I think I'm, I'm making my I'm, I'm making my own fate now because in a month she'll send a picture and says, "Nope, it died." <laughs> I understand. I, I I don't I don't blame you. I would. What is the best uh, to when is it best to root a Christmas cactus cutting? Well. Actually, they'll rent, they'll root just about any time they're not in bloom. If they're in bloom, it's harder because the energy's already going to that bud and not down to the base of the leaf. But when you want to root Christmas cactus, just if they're not in bloom, it, you, you've got a good shot. I like to take three or four leaves rather than just one. Yes, I know you can take just one and, and grow it from a leaf like you can African violets. I get that. I, I, it's just too much trouble for me. I want to root a cutting. Because then after you see then even after you do the one leaf with the African violet or the Christmas cactus or so many other things that you can do that with, then you gotta deal with all those little tiny plants. And I don't want that. I want a plant. So I'm gonna take three or four leaf cutting from the tip of the plant the, of the Christmas cactus. But make sure that the bottom, say inch or maybe even two inches, is bare. And then you put that into your damp sand. Or lay it out for a day and then put it in the damp sand. If you like the idea of it callousing over, both will work. Both will absolutely work. Fun stuff. Um, is a Bartlett pear a sand pear? No. <laughs> hey, Angie. <laughs> um, Bartlett is what's basically considered a fruiting or, or picking pear. Sand pears are generally pears that are intended, for some for fresh eating, but they're more for cooking, like kefir. Now they are—they're fresh-eating pears, but they are—they stand up to cooking. If you cook Bartlett pears, they—they they really do get too soft because they have a different texture to them, and they're just a different type of pear. Okay, I hope that helps. John's weighing in today. Beautiful, beautiful pictures. Just lovely. Thank you. I appreciate that so so much. The food I do not appreciate because now I'm hungry, but. Anyway, <laughs> oh my goodness, 
It does look good, though. Y'all been busy cooking. Wow. Speaking of food... And catching fish, it looks yeah, apparently like. Apparently <laughs> catching a bunch of fish. Unless the fish just jumped out of the water because it was too cold or something. They've been pretty busy up there. That's neat. That's fun stuff. I have, uh, so I have a wonderful story about my grandfather and his, his fishing prowess to the point where it, it, he, he would fish and then he would want us to help him. And we, we always had something else to do right up until it was time to cook them. And then we had something to do right up until it was time to eat them. And by the way, I didn't sit too still either when the fish were not biting. But I sure did love him, and I sure did love his fishing. So thank you, John, for pulling that one up out of the back back 40 today. All right, we have a ways to go. I hope you've got questions, because I've got answers. This is Weekend Gardening. This is professional ball player and former Mississippi State Bulldog, Jake Mangum. Whether you're playing ball, driving your truck, or working in the yard, safety is everything. You've got to make sure that you're prepared for the worst, but do everything you can to aim for the best. That's why I go with Farm Bureau. They've always kept me ready for anything with exceptional customer service and competitive rates. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. I'm Rick Spaker with the Gateway Rescue Mission. Each week, I meet with three people who graduated from our addiction recovery program. These graduates are now gainfully employed and are taking online college courses. Three people who used to be in prison or on drugs, and now they're going to college. How cool is that? One of the reasons God put you on this earth is to make a difference in someone else's life. You can be a part of that at Gateway Rescue Mission. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. So how do you know if you have hail damage? Not all roof damage can be spotted from the ground. Gallo here from experience. Believe me, you need a pro that you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your roof. There's no better team than Watkins Construction and Roofing. You can trust them to give you an honest evaluation. The Watkins team will answer your call 24-7 and give you a complimentary roof inspection and estimate. Plus, count on them to get back with you as fast as the next business day. Financing is available. Count on the pros. Watkins, 601-966-8233. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. A lot of voters are hoping the legislature will restore the citizen-led ballot initiative process this year. The House and Senate took up their own versions of a plan to restore the option in 2022, but the two chambers couldn't come to an agreement on the number of signatures that would be required to get an issue on the ballot. Representative Jason White believes they'll find some middle ground. Is it going to be a percentage of registered voters? 
um, a percentage of folks that vote in the last election, a, a percentage of voters that voted in what election? The last gubernatorial election, the last presidential election. And so, you know, what percentage of Mississippians should be required um, to place something on the ballot statewide that would go into state law? And if voters succeeded in getting an item on the ballot, there would be stipulations for legislators. Somebody says, well, if this statute, the legislature would just come in and change it the next year, we're going to do a two or three year hands off so that it couldn't be tweaked. Um, and, and somebody's will couldn't be trumped. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Nearly two-thirds of leading world economists are saying a global recession is likely this year as major economies try to quell inflation. Don McVeigh, the Mississippi director of the National Federation of Independent Businesses, says small business owners are still struggling. The one thing that kind of is the interesting part of the conversation about recession is that there's still a very high demand for labor. Um, and, and finding qualified workers just continues to still be a struggle for our for our folks. And she says these issues go back to the start of the pandemic. All of the different government programs that were out there and the unemployment and all that, that started an interesting, you know, process of, you know, small business, private business competing with government for, for employees, you know, or people who weren't, you know, yeah. weren't working in that in that case. And so it's it's been a hard recovery from that. Um, it, and we really need government to just get out of the labor market. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Basketball action today finds the Ole Miss Rebels at Arkansas taking on the Razorbacks. Ole Miss coming off their first conference win when they beat South Carolina back on Tuesday night, 7-58 or 1-5 in the league, and hope to extend that to a two-game winning streak against the Razorbacks. 11 o'clock is a tip-off this morning in Fayetteville. The Florida Gators are at Mississippi State taking on the Bulldogs. 7.30 is the tip-off tonight in the Humphrey Coliseum. 7 o'clock is the airtime on the MSU Basketball Network. Other games in the conference, Vanderbilt is at Georgia. Texas A&M at Kentucky. Auburn, number 16 in the country, is at South Carolina. Number 9, Tennessee at LSU. And number 4, Alabama is at Missouri. And the Southern Miss Golden Eagles are at home today when they take on James Madison. 2 o'clock is a tip-off in the Ray Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all. Costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go license. 
For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of a strong and efficient transportation system? Got to have the ability to get that product to market. Highways, um, movement of goods, these are things that we rely on every day. We have infrastructure challenges in our roads and bridges, and I want to thank you for what you do. And remember, you can listen and watch episodes of the show by visiting goem.com slash the extra mile. More NFL playoff action today and tomorrow. Today, it will be the Jaguars at Kansas City taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-17 in the game. And Kansas City jumped out to a 20-0 lead before holding on for the win against the Jaguars. And they got the week off last week, so the Chiefs will be opening their postseason run against the Jaguars today. And 3.30 is the kickoff in Kansas City. The Giants taking on the Eagles. The Eagles have the week off as well, and they will be opening their postseason play against the Giants. 7-15 is the kickoff at Philadelphia in that one. And then on Sunday, it will be the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Buffalo Bills as both of these teams played last week, and they will be in action today. 2 o'clock is the kickoff at Buffalo. And the Cowboys and the 49ers will finish off this weekend. 5.30 is the kickoff in San Francisco between those two. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. No, we never drink or eat on the air, she said. But I got to tell you, when your throat's in the shape that mine is in this morning, you have to have a little liquid nearby. So just bear with me. I'll be very careful. I won't try. I try not to hurt anybody or pour anything on my lap. <laughs> so. you know, speaking of eating, I, I had a uh, Carrie picked up a whole bag of the Fuji apples. Yeah, I've oh, never, fun! They're, they're kind of small, but they're mm-hmm. so juicy and delicious this time of year. Fuji's are good, and yeah. the oranges are. Uh, if you're out looking for fruit, the oranges were you know amazing too. So. Uh, it's that time of year, I guess, that fruit, uh, it, it looks good in a bowl, but it tastes better in your mouth. There's, <laughs> there's a certain philosophy that says, depending on how good the apple crop was, it will still be last year's right up until Christmas. And then they finally start putting the previous years as opposed to the previous, previous years into the bags. <laughs> so that I think it's often true. A lot of the fruit baskets and one thing and another that you do get in the wintertime in the deep south tend to be better than the ones that were available a little sooner. I, uh, I, I'm not going to disagree with that at all. We were thinking about grapes the other day and how difficult it is to grow them. Someone was asking me about the possum grapes in in my backyard, which are, I don't know, probably going to live because they're from further north than where I am anyway. But still, it's the shock. It's not so much the plant itself, but it is the shock that they go through. A couple of folks have asked me about their blackberries. I can't tell you. I'm not, I, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have any of these psychic tools that would tell me whether or not any individual plant is alive. I can tell you, though, that there will be signs of life, there will be damage, and there will be recovery. Okay? There's all of those things go together in the plant world. Let's see. Um, Ray and Clinton says he, he wants to know if there's any 
men types that are going to come to the Lakeland Lunch Bunch. I think that there already are a couple on the list, but as I told him, he always stands out, even in, in a whole crowd of dudes, so it's it's not a problem. Just by, by all means, come and join us. The Lakeland Lunch Bunch cranks up January 30th. It's a Monday, 1130. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about houseplants with Becky Potts at Lakeland Yard and Garden in Flowood, Mississippi. So by all means, um, please come and, and Please, please do not be less than excited, if, whether you're male or female. And quite frankly, I, I, I just, the houseplants don't care. <laughs> it doesn't make a bit of difference to them who waters them and who takes care of them. So, Let's see. Um, yeah, see, here's exactly what we heard from two people this week. Jeremy in Vicksburg says that his pear trees need pruning. But they've already begun to bloom. So what do I do? This is so rough. If you can do a little bit of, because you wanted to prune them in January anyway, and now at least this tells you what is alive and how much, if there is any damage at all, there may not be any because it's a pear tree, for heaven's sakes. But I would say that you need to go ahead and do your pruning that you would have done. Just be a little bit lighter with your, with your efforts. I don't want you to cut off anything that might perhaps become a fruit a little bit later on. But all those flowers, of course, have the potential. So as long as you're just neatening things up and letting more sunlight into the center of the plant, I think it should be fine. Angela from Cortland um, was writing also about where to buy fruit trees. And uh, Angie, I'm sorry. And um, we, we agreed on a couple of approaches. I think probably... The easiest is to say if you have a favorite garden center and you know what kind of fruit tree you want, go ask them. But, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm sorry, I told you that was going to happen. And that's my fault. I didn't catch it. Yeah, I that's was reading. His fault. That's that his that fault. is all me. Uh, <laughs> it's a bad job. You have to look at this person over here on the microphone the whole time. You have to make sure they don't say anything untoward because you also have a button to turn them off for that and coughing and sneezing and all these other things. But I have to say, it's it's not a fun job. Producing a program like this is not a fun job. Anyway, talking about where to get fruit trees, I, I do think that if you don't know a, a garden center and your county co-op isn't necessarily in your immediate, you know, what you what you run to all the time, then... Talk to somebody that's growing what you want to grow. And in a county where, for example, if somebody down the road always has all the pears, then I'm going to just go over and say, hi, what variety is that pear? And they may say, I don't know, but I rooted one. Here it is. I'm going to say thank you. But if they can tell you what kind it is, or at least you can get a picture of the fruit, so then you can compare that to the varieties that are available, most of the time your co-op, your garden center, or even you can order it by mail as long as you know which variety you're getting so that's that's my best advice on that one and, and i was reading you know angela and i remember there it's not there anymore but the little place that was on the south side of highway six about halfway between batesville and oxford it was a garden center for yes. a long time and i can't remember for the life of he's me he's showing off now because i can't remember yeah either. but you you've been <laughs> up there because i remember one of the first times i um I would listen to you as many, it was 20 years ago when that place was open, but uh, I remember listening to you and y'all had done a remote there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I got to meet this lady. She's awesome. <laughs> and it took 20 years, I think. But It's a minute in radio time. 
It really is. I'll, I'll try. I'll search my brain. I can see the nursery, but I can't tell you the name of it. Anyway, the, which reminds me to tell you also that if you want Garden Mama at your nursery or your event or whatever on a Saturday morning, all you have to do is get in touch with your local Super Talk station, and they'll be more than happy to set all that up with you. Talk to you about it. See what see what you're doing. See what we're doing, and put all those pieces of the puzzle together. It's, you wouldn't think you from the way the amount of trouble it is. It's no trouble at all, and it's all the trouble in the world. It's really a, a process that just goes on its own time. I did not know when I started loving chocolate that there was going to be a good reason for it. I really didn't. But the University of Leeds has finally told us this is it's almost impossible to read this without laughing. But it, the, your mouth is a whole different place when you put the chocolate in than when it dissolves or melts or turns into the emulsion that you expect it to. Obviously, that's where the taste is. And by in, analyzing each of these steps, which you know was just a good reason to eat a whole lot of chocolate. Okay, let's face it. I mean, who's going to sign up for this? The people that want to eat chocolate. What they did with this particular thing was to help, they hope, develop the next level of luxury chocolates. Now, yes, there has been a controversy recently over um, levels of, of heavy metals in certain chocolates. So you do have to, you always have to pay attention and Yes, even when it's a name brand, you still have to pay attention when the research comes out because, frankly, these things happen. But during the moments that the chocolate that's in your mouth is in your mouth, if we can make it healthier to eat and, in addition, more enjoyable, then people are going to probably actually eat less chocolate because they will be more pleased by eating just that one delicious bite or two or three. Anyway. The difference, the whole thing about what, how do you feel the chocolate, how do you know the chocolate, is the way it does in your mouth. So that's what they're working on because it's a big deal about fat and the amount of fat versus the amount of cacao. And all of those pieces of the puzzle are what they measured in this particular study from Leeds. I really think it's great. If It doesn't matter if the chocolate has 5% fat or 50% fat. It's still going to do the same thing. It's just not going to do it as well. <laughs> Kind of like everything else, you know. <laughs> yes, six is greater than one. Five <laughs> percent is less than fifty percent, so it's going to be a different process. But don't you know when they tell you when you look up? There used to be one ads, and you'd read them, and they would say people needed to test this or test that, and you know there was never one for chocolate. I promise, I'd have been there. I'm a big fan of the Toblerone. I think that's how you say the name. Oh, sure. And uh, my dad, it was funny. I got a big round, you know, it has like six of the triangles. Oh, yeah. Thing. Got it for Christmas, and it's the yellow one with the hazelnut and toffee milk chocolate. It's absolutely decadent. <laughs> but I had some, and uh, my dad, I'd gone by to see him the other day to blow off his roof, and I had this chocolate, and I said, hey, man, have you ever had Toblerone? And he goes, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So I broke off a piece, and he put it in his mouth. And you see that that uh, that second of of waiting, and then mm -hmm. it starts dissolving, yep. and his eyes lit up like, "What have I been missing all these years?" I'm so glad that I raised this boy because <laughs> yeah. now I can have He's this like, chocolate. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'll get you some of this, Dad." <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's you know, and and we we do have to occasionally enlighten our our parents and our friends that you just haven't tried this yet. Good thing you're still here. You can. It's important. 
Um, let's see. I'm going to tell this nice person that they, Buddy will be here in a little bit, and he'll pick this text up. I appreciate that you're interested. This is great. Let's see now. Um, we have some bamboo cuttings. Well, and how to start it. Do deer eat forsythia and burning bush? Is there anything we can do to deter them? This is Christy in Grenada. Hey, Christy. Deer are undeterred. Um, when deer are hungry and thirsty, they will eat whatever is available to them and what their friends have not eaten as they pass by your neighborhood. For that reason, it's very hard to say. There are, there are lists of things that, that supposedly deer won't eat. They, they're, they're usually things with gray leaves or with scales on the leaf or, I mean, it's a fairly obscure, you know, set of descriptors. So, yes, offense is the answer. And I'm I'm sad to say that, but it is true, more than more than not. But a deer that is thirsty will browse just about anything that, for example, a forsythia flower. I don't know any reason why it wouldn't eat that, and I don't know any reason why they wouldn't eat the nice tender new leaves off the euonymus, the burning bush. But I can tell you from personal experience that they ate the flowers off the knockout roses, but not the roses themselves. <laughs> Does that help? I don't think that helps. Anyway, um, I understand the point of view. Starting bamboo is a, uh, there are people who are saying, don't tell anybody how to start bamboo. It'll do nothing but crawl over your yard and take over the neighbors. Well, sometimes that's true. But ordinarily, if you've got lengths of bamboo that have two or three of the joints in them, so you know where they're connected, you can literally just take anything at all, make a, a wound in that, in the joint part and lay that in the ground and that's where the roots are going to emerge so if you've got pieces that are two inches long and don't have any joints to them it's going to be harder than if you've got a piece that's two feet long and has really nifty spiffy pieces of, of bamboo that is, is an actual cane okay the cane's going to grow easily you can dig up clumps of it if you want to but you want to root the if you want to root the canes you need to root ones with several joints on them when you have a, a mature bamboo, you know, uh, tuft, uh, you know, when we've had it for 50 years, but it, it seems, you know, the bigger they get, eventually they start kind of you know, dying off. Mm -hmm. Some of the bigger, you just kind of break them out. Is that the right way to thin? Sure. Is just sure. to take out the older pieces and let the new yeah. kind of... They get crowded, and mm -hmm. the older, um, older arms of it will just fall off for the younger ones right yeah. if it gets so crowded that it can't do that you have to go in and take some of the others out well, and i thinned it a great deal last year i pretty much took half of it out because it seemed like it had gotten too crowded in there but you know as bamboo it just seems to sprout and go oh yeah. it's going to come on back though oh, basically yeah. okay oh yeah i have um two patches of bamboo left in my back garden and they're really ugly because they're burned on top but the bottom is still green so that's one of the things that we have to put up with the changing of the some of the things are not going to come back some of the things are going to have to be cut off at the top like this like the bamboo probably will sorry i'm losing my voice it it's it'll be here for the next 40 minutes and then it'll be gone any rate um i think that there are a couple of other questions to be asked about bamboo and starting it <coughs> excuse me and i will do that um I don't think – basically, we have running bamboo and we have clumping bamboo. If you're lucky enough to have clumping bamboo, then you can plant those clumps at 
five feet apart. You know, once you get them get them rooted, they'll they'll grow there forever. But on the other hand, if you've got running bamboo, you want to start it from where you actually want it and make sure that you have either cleared or blocked it from going to the next part of your garden. Um, usually, in my limited experience with it, well, more than I'd like to have, if you don't have a wall to contain it, you need to make one. And in many cases, that's going to be a piece of metal edging that would go around, a, a, for example, you, you might separate a, a flower bed from a parking lot with it, you know, and it's going to be like six inches tall and you drive it into the ground. That will help keep the bamboo from intruding on the next part of your garden. But even that is not 100%. You have to, you have to watch it if, it if it is a running bamboo. There's an absolutely magnificent bamboo garden on the West Coast that I had the joy of visiting that where it's not like that. They're, they had a, they have a running bamboo that they basically put on the far back of the property to make a space between them and the next garden. Okay, and it's 12 feet wide and 500 feet long or something, you know. But that's all that there is there. There's a wall, and they spend a whole lot of time keeping it from encroaching on this other part of the garden, which is all paths and different kinds of clumping bamboo. Most impressive for me, I would have to say, was the black bamboo, which is actually ebony colored. It's just beautiful. And the, the, the pieces were as big around as my arm. Very, very tall, very, very gorgeous. Bamboo is a graceful, beautiful grass. We are just so accustomed to it being a thug that we have to, we have to find the others so that it's not as difficult for us. I have started some seeds. And I hope you are, too. We, you know, January is seed starting time for those of us with the optimism to believe that spring will happen and that we'll be able to transplant these things. I'm in favor of growing some perennials from seed simply because it's not only a whole lot cheaper, but frankly, you get a lot more plants in the area sooner without having to wait for things to multiply. For example, you can buy gallons of daisies. You can buy four-inch pots of daisies, or you can start the seedlings. And when they're four inches tall, you can start planting them. And they will be individual stems that can eventually make clumps. But you will have a lot more flowers in the first season if you just do it from the seedlings. If you're only going to grow one, I would probably plant Becky. Now, you may find... Shasta daisies, these are all Shasta types that I'm thinking about because they're the ones that bloom with yellow centers and white petals around them. But there are some that are easier than others to get to grow, and Becky is just particularly easy to grow. It's a nice, nice flower, beautiful flower, in fact, and a really easy plant. All right, I'm going to go over here and drink some more water. I apologize for my cough, but... You know, humanity being what it is. Let's step away here with Ringo and come right back to weekend gardening. We would be so happy, you and me. No one there to tell us what to do. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden with you. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife, Jenny, about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Ours is a two-story doghouse, and on the bright side, it's a great alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? 
Try having your feet hang out all winter. Well, my daddy always said put your best foot forward. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. During the New Year's Celebration Sales Event at Mazda of Jackson. 2023 is here and it's finally time for you to get that new vehicle you've been waiting for. At Mazda of Jackson, we resolve to save you money on our entire selection and to give you the best dealer experience. Period. Right now, get super low 2.9% financing for 60 months on new 2023 Mazda CX-9s and 3.9% financing for 60 months on new 2023 Mazda CX-5s. Buy a new Mazda and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Mazdaofjackson.com. Plus, buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal, and bring us your trade. We'll buy it, even if you don't buy anyone from us. So come say big during the New Year's Celebration Sales Event at Mazda Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaJackson.com. With proof credit, select model, see dealer for details. Having any electrical problems? LaValley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969 or online at lavalleyservices.com. That's lavalleyservices.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. In the heart of Mississippi, there's a place built on tradition and memories. Come make yours at The Hideaway at Reed's Estate. A nature retreat nestled amongst the pines is The Hideaway, located near Brookhaven, goes 400 beautiful acres to explore, curated venues, and lodging to host you and your guests. The Hideaway is perfect for corporate events, family gatherings, weddings, and romantic getaways. Book your event with us today at The Hideaway at reedshideaway.com. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trusted advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601 864-3752.
glad it's rain and not snow. I don't know how, how some of y'all feel about that. Some of y'all probably wish it was snow. But for me, rain's fine. That's good. <laughs> Although, this last few days, the wow factor, as they describe it, of our sunsets has been really stunning. And I was tickled to find a study, a bit of research from the University of Exeter that has identified that impact. Um, might be the sunrise, it might be the sunset, and try to quantify those effects that they have on people. Um, if the if if my Facebook feed, Instagram feed is any indication, everybody's been out looking at the sunset because they've been everywhere, all over my feeds, all over my photographs. Red sky at night, Sailor's Delight has been all about this. The sky has been pink and purple and orange and just all of those shades, just magnificent. It's interesting, though, that now that we've begun to try to measure this, it's not like poetry. You know, sometimes analyzing poetry can take some of the beauty off of it. But understanding the impact and how it works on people and quantifying those effects really is an interesting bit of study. We we understand, of course, this is a, the next piece of nature impacting our mental health. Now, that being said, you would think, and it is not the case, you would think that people who actually live in nature would be the happiest. That's not always the case. This is not a panacea. But trying to understand the daily rhythm as those ethereal phenomena march across our lives every day is very interesting bit of things to study 2500 different participants and with carefully controlled images um, telling telling about what their reactions to them were and at the same time trying to measure the improvement or decline in their feelings. What they worked out was that both sunrise and sunset can trigger significant amounts of boost in one's feelings for, for example, awe. It's hard to measure awe. We overuse that word awesome, I believe, in in the 21st century. I'm not sure who decided we should do that, but it is used a, a lot more than in previous parts of my life. I use it too much. I mean, it's just a catch-all. Well, it doesn't make me as crazy as very unique. If 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 you all out there, people who use the expression "very unique," please think about what you're saying. <laughs> you're not speaking. You're speaking word salad. You're not speaking English. But anyway, in publishing in the Journal of Environmental Psychology, they also considered the things that are a little bit more unusual, say rainbows, um, thunderstorms, moonlit skies, starry skies. And one of these these things really did alter the awe compared to looking at, say, just sunny blue skies. Not that we don't like sunny blue skies, but it is the difference that causes that increase in the awe. I like it. Let's see. Um, okay, we'll do that at the break. I just think this is really fun. I I, I don't know if I believe this part of the study. But they asked participants, and participants indeed said that they would, they would, on occasion, pay a premium of 10% to visit a natural setting at sunrise as compared to in the middle of the day under the blue skies. Um, 
may I suggest Sunrise Services? I don't think you'd have to pay a premium to go to those. You just have to show up, right? So try that. Blue Skies. Those of us who like Blue Skies, too, though, would say that our, our awe factor has to be when it's gray all the time, then it comes out blue, you have that same reaction because it is, in fact, the change. Something that shifts in another, a, a different direction. Lots of things going on in the... Uh, <laughs> this is so funny to me. <laughs> you never see scientists write down, jumping Jehoshaphat. <laughs> but this particular headline, coming from the University of Colorado at Boulder, is letting us know that they have, in fact, well, they've, they've got it. Why would you want a material, a film, that you heat it up and it jumps? Why would you want this? Well, first of all, it's teaching us about how grasshoppers jump by storing and releasing energy in their legs. It's the same phenomenon. But a lot of these adaptations are something that we would love to see in manufactured or synthetic things, like this piece of material, because they could be so handy. I really like the idea of trying to, to get one thing into another. There's always that discussion about the inserting the robot into the system, or in my case, getting the drone to come prune my trees. We, we need something that's going to push that. And in, in fact, if we had a material that all we had to do was expose it to heat and the whole thing rose up out off the ground and flew, well, that'd be pretty amazing. So that's what they're looking at are grasshopper-like materials. They're not like grasshoppers in that sense, but they move that way. And I think that could be very interesting. Pretty fun. Um, like so many of the interesting things that we run into in this world, they didn't really know this was going to happen. They were working on something else and accidentally left the stuff on a heat source, and it began to jump. <laughs> so, like good scientists that they are, they said, well, this could be something. We need to do this. We'll see what else we can get this to do. Pretty fascinating. I suppose if you're going to go to the uh, University of Colorado at Boulder, you're going to have to find something because they, they do a lot of research into these kinds of they're, they're, they're kind of famous for research into the steps of a process. If you are a real methodic kind of person, that might be a place you'd be interested in being. Ohio State University, meanwhile, in their much broader way of looking at things, the research that they do there can literally be from soup to nuts, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. They have, like so many, decided they need to study the pandemic. Now that, now that we've been pandemicked, um, what they've worked on to do is pay attention to two studies from China and one from South Korea. And now they're doing another study to put the American spin on these particular results. They're going to be the same. People are people. Okay? What they found out is that if both people are, do, if they're dual earner couples, people, both people work for a living, Working from home is probably a better deal for the husband than the wife in some ways. Now, I can stand up on my high horse and say this is not true, but probably in most cases it is. There is something that comes about for those of us whose offices are in our house, which are that we have two different reactions to things. If the living room needs to be cleaned up, but we also need to go to work, I'm going to close the door and go to work. 
But a lot of people can't. A lot of people have to go finish the cleaning, get the dinner made, fold the laundry, and then they go to work. Well, these people don't write until late in the day. I write better in the morning. I can do chores later in the day. But these are the decisions that you have to make. And what we're finding out from this particular study, published in Personnel Psychology, in case you're interested, put a perfect journal for it. They did two studies during the COVID-19 pandemic. One of them was with group that had at least one child. The other was done, um, some with children and some without. And in both surveys, they completed two surveys every day for 14 consecutive work days. Each husband and wife reported their at-home status, the amount of work, and the amount of family tasks, which I will tell you is also work, (laughs) that they all completed. What they found out was when husbands had more flexible work schedules, Wives completed significantly more work tasks when working from home. Are we surprised? That when the wives had inflexible work arrangements, well, guess what? The husbands stepped up in most of the cases. I like that. But of course, I'm serious now. If you want to establish a business where you work from your house, you you do have to not only have the Write, every, write for 45 minutes and get up and go do something else. The stand up every 30 minutes and walk around. That's very good advice, particularly if you work in your house. But don't walk into the part of the house that needs work. <laughs> don't go look at the dirty dishes. Don't go feed the cat. Just keep focused on your work during that time. And the other part that's really, really hard is to close that door and walk into the rest of your house when you need to stop working for the day. It's very hard because we feel like we're never finished. One of the first crops I ever grew was outside the living room window on flats out in the yard, which meant that every time you walked past there, you saw something else you needed to do. That's not good for you. You have to be able to put it down and then pick it back up. (laughs) These are the words of wisdom from someone who hasn't always done it that way. All right, um, we'll get that one going. Let's see about Jason and Pearl. Um, yes, it's winter now, Jason. You can prune, you can prune those pear trees, and thank you very much for asking. Because I have been saying, don't prune, don't prune, don't prune. But regular fruit tree pruning does have to go on in the same way that cutting back the woody part of the lantana still has happened. There's things that we do in January anyway. Cutting back ornamental grasses, I still need to do that. But yes, go ahead and do that. I like it. Um, let's see. Doop, 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 doop. You got all that. Okay. Super duper. All right. We, we're, we're almost caught up. <laughs> we're, y'all are so fun. Y'all ask the most interesting questions. Make some observations, too, that some of which can be shared and some of which cannot. So that's kind of fun. I want to tell you about these mysteries that are being solved. One is about I don't know how long, probably my whole life. How old was I when I first heard of Captain Bly? Captain Bly, 1791, 1793, HMS Providence. Um, this was a, 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 a plant, this was a, joy, a voyage of discovery, all right? Now, we had already found places, but we were, I always think of Captain Bly as kind of like, the enterprise in the sense that it was he, he he was to sail there but he was not he was to, to find out stuff and he was to establish things and he was to put forth things some of which are good some of which are not in this particular case in the grenadines a small island nation in the caribbean sea he brought 
a hundred, several hundred sapling breadfruit trees. Okay? Now, carbohydrate rich, we've talked about breadfruit here before. It, it's one of those things that we probably need to know more about, probably need to eat more of. I don't dislike it. It's not easy to prepare. But it did become part of the Caribbean culture in a very serious way. It was imported to become a food source. And I say this with absolute sadness and regret, and yet I'm glad the breadfruit got there, but it was for the enslaved population that Britain had in the the Grenadines at that time. These were sugar plantation people, okay? So, breadfruit spread all over the place. People grow it all over the place. But outside of the classic reference to Oceana, there's... um, the Caribbean is really the largest producer of breadfruit worldwide. So in doing a little investigative work, they found out that it all comes from that one importation. There are five distinct lines of breadfruit that are grown in the Caribbean. They are different, but they all came as a result of these trees. How about that? When you plant a tree or even several hundred, you don't necessarily think of the impact it's going to have There's obviously going to be things that don't grow there anymore because you're growing breadfruit. There's obviously going to be breadfruit that develops and changes because it's grown in different places than where it was native. And those are the things that have led Dr. Zariga to be called a breadfruit expert. I'm not sure if I would like to be known that way, but hey, she's a lab manager and has a whole lot of work to do at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City, and she's a Ph.D. candidate as well. So she studied breadfruit. Now we know more about it. Pretty interesting. Let's see. Email. Um, yeah, Megan had lost her. Which the, one? Uh, okay. The Garden Mama email. My email is mamaonair at yahoo.com. Mama is always spelled M-A-M-A when it's me. So mama on air at yahoo.com. If you want to register for the Lakeland Lunch Bunch, by all means, do so please at gardenevent22 at gmail.com. Okay? You can send it to me, but it would be a whole lot more efficient if you send it to the one for the thing. That'll help. That'll really help. Uh, let's see. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sandra wants to know about your chocolate. <laughs> the, yeah. the Toblerone yeah. yellow triangular box is the hazelnut toffee and milk chocolate. It's delicious. He's killing me. Now I really want more. Why do these ladybug critters seem to congregate in one room of the house? Because they're very friendly and convivial and social and because they're looking for warmth. It's good to hear from you, Jeff. I hope everything in Forest County is going your way. I'm glad you got your radio on today, because we'll be right back with more Weekend Gardening. In the air, turn your radio Turn your radio on. Heaven's glory, share, glory, share. Turn your lights down, oh. Turn your lights down, oh. And listen to the Master's radio. Get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. 
This is professional ball player and former Mississippi State Bulldog, Jake Mangum. I know a thing or two about the value of a strong team. Farm Bureau works hard to get me through thick and thin. They've got exceptional customer service and competitive insurance rates that keep me protected. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Get that new vehicle you've been waiting for at Ridgeland Mitsubishi during our New Year celebration sales event. We resolved to save you money on our entire selection and to give you the best dealer experience, period. 2023 Mitsubishi Outlanders are in stock with more on the way drive on home today starting at just $27,595. Get power, safety features, and bold style plus an industry-leading 10-year warranty at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We offer more selection, more savings, and more affordable monthly payments every single day, period. Remember, we have the best credit team around and 100% credit approvals our number one goal. So come say big as we resolve to give you the best deals possible during our New Year celebration sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. MSRP based on Outlander ES2 overall. Price, terms, and availability may vary. Important restrictions and rules apply. See retailers for limited warranty and more details. A look at our various callings in life and how they serve God and our neighbor. Whatever you do, a message by guest speaker Dr. Jason Brogy this week on The Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Super Talk 97.3. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Thank you so much for being part of Weekend Gardening today. I hope that you will join me for the Flower Growers of Mississippi 2.
And I also hope that you will join me at the Lakeland Lunch Bunch. And I got one more for your calendar. I always like to bring them to you as quickly as I can. And I just spoke with Buds and Blooms. Hello, Donna. This week, uh, another Donna, not Donnie Owl. My, my, my Donna Bloods and Blooms, Donna. Anyway, March 11th, I will be there. Now, they have, this is their 25th anniversary, y'all, at Buds and Blooms in Wesson. If you've never been there... I'm telling you, this is the time to come. They're they're starting their celebration in the beginning of March, and they're going all the way to the beginning of April. But I will be there on March the 11th. There's plenty, plenty activities. Check them out on Facebook because we're going to have some fun. And it's it's one of the garden centers. I, I'm not very good at sitting in one place every day, all day long. Never have been good at that for my job. But I sure could sit there for a lot of days and do a lot of good stuff because it's a beautiful garden center, smart people, and great plants. So that's, it's, it's nice, and we're going to have fun, all right? I don't know about this. There's so many things that we learn about in this world that are, I don't know, sometimes kind of crazy. Um Echidnas, echidnas, do you know what that is? The, the echidna is this, this little porcupiney looking thing. It's a critter. And as we talk about oftentimes in the way of changing environments, changing habitats, you build a building that the critters that live in the area have to go somewhere else. The temperatures in an area change over a period of time. Those critters have to go someplace else or they have to adapt. And we've talked a lot about how the, it's difficult for the plants and not always so easy for the critters either. Dr. Christine Cooper from the Curtin University has been, this is, this is all about short-beaked ichneys in the bushland, which is by Perth, which is, of course, Australia. Um, I had no idea that this was possible, and that's why I'm telling you about it, because they've informed me. They can't sweat. They can't pant. And they also can't lick to lose heat because they're too spiny, all right? So how are they going to cope with increasing temperatures? How are they coping with increasing temperatures? They blow bubbles. Mm-hmm. They blow bubbles from their nose, which burst out over the nose tip and get it wet. And as the moisture evaporates, it actually cools their blood, which meaning means that their nose is working the same way as an evaporative window would on something else. That's crazy, but what a wonderful adaptation. If we can teach other things to do the same, <laughs> we might be able to help some of them survive because there are difficult situations that critters are encountering. They can't, get, they can't just pick up and move the whole family. You know, they've got to adapt. And certainly in the case of plants, that's true, but it's, it's also true in the case of critters. For speaking, here's something else. You want to talk about something about dinner today? Well... And by the way, do you say dinner or supper? Hmm. Is dinner lunchtime and supper is evening, or is it lunch and dinner? Oh, my goodness. There's so many things to talk about, so many things to consider. But in this particular case, the University of Helsinki, because they study these things, is letting us know that African rhinoceros numbers are declining at an unsustainable rate in the state-run parks which is why more than half of the continent's remaining rhinos are on private land. Good grief. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Until the past decade, the largest population was in South Africa's Kruger National Park. The state-run park, though, has lost 
a lot. They've lost 76% and 68% of the white and black rhinos, respectively, over the past decade. Meanwhile, the number of white rhinos on private land has steadily increased, especially in South Africa. I don't understand it, and they don't either. But they're working on trying to figure it out. It is part of conservation, of course, to want the animals to have a place to be. And and when you can't keep them in the park because of changing conditions or because of development or because of whatever, whatever, there's so many reasons, it's interesting enough. They found that the universities there have compiled publicly available rhino data. (laughs) People out there making a career counting rhinoceroses, which is very important. Those people, by the way, are called ecometricians. And if they don't count them, nobody else will. We won't know. So we're glad that they're there. I bet they have drones. Come on. (laughs) You know they have drones. (laughs) How else are you going to count rhinoceroses? Got to be safer, too, you'd think. Wouldn't you think? I don't really want to go there with a a, 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 a lasso and a camera. <laughs> Quick one more question from Jackie and Brandon. Do we cut back Lirio now or in February? I would rather see you wait because there is still some damage to come, but not a whole lot longer. I'm not going to wait all the I'm going to, I, I generally prune um, the, the Lirio clumps or the monkey grass clumps if they need it around the same time as roses, which is mid-February. But you can... If you're if you're south of Jackson, for example, if you're on if you're in Ocean Springs, but you're in Brandon. But if you're in Ocean Springs, you're probably doing that those tasks now. So, but in Brandon, I'm gonna wait a little bit. I really am. Um, <laughs> thank you, Ray. <laughs> Ray Ray is filling us in on the difference between last supper and last dinner, and he's absolutely right. But I still don't know what time that was served. There, there are places, you understand, where evening starts at noon, all right? It's, there's no afternoon. It's either morning or it's evening, and it's evening when it's after 12 noon. Mostly in Britain, but not entirely in Britain. Some places, some other places. I've heard it myself in my own life. You may want to think about this, but when migrating birds go astray, you may have to blame the disturbances in the magnetic field. Oops. <laughs> now, we've always talked about the research that lets us know that that's how the birds find their way about. It's because they have a magnetic sense that can really outdo all of us. But I was, a, I was fascinated, and I'm still fascinated by the fact that if you are a wayward migratory bird, it's called vagrancy. Isn't that odd? If I'm a wayward person, am I a vagrant? No. <laughs> but wayward birds... You know, and you know, bird vision is different the same way that bee vision is different. In this particular study, University of California at Los Angeles is telling us that in in familiar areas, birds may navigate by the geography, like the landmarks. You know, like you or I would do, but in other situations, they actually can see the geomagnetic field and use it to fly. All right, now, if they can teach my drones, anyway, it's a whole nother thing, whole nother piece of it. I would be remiss if I did not try to do this without blubbering to you this morning. Um, the music, the poetry, 
and frankly, sometimes the good and bad examples of David Crosby in his lifetime had a huge impact on me and probably on many, many of you. Um, I'll go all the way back to the birds. I'll go all the way back to Buffalo Springfield. I'll take you right on up through CSNN and CSNNY, CSNNY. And then, frankly, his, the music that he has done in the last couple of years with his son is just every bit as wonderful. Um, he will he will be with us for a very very long time. Mr. Crosby had a rough tough life, and on the other hand, most of us do. So I have to say that he he influenced us, and he brought up music that will never ever leave us again, including probably my favorite and the most life changing of all of his music for me, which was Wooden Ships. The last part of it is I kind of think where he's headed, and it's a fair wind blowing warm out of the south over my shoulder. Guess I'll set a course and go. Time for me to go. See you next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of a strong and efficient transportation system? got to have the ability to get their product to market. And highways, um, movement of goods, these are things that we rely on every day. We have infrastructure challenges in our roads and bridges, and I want to thank you for what you do. And remember, you can listen and watch episodes of the show by visiting gom.com slash the extra mile. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.